Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. I was talking to Pastor Matt this morning, and uh, because I got a little confused, which if you all know me very well, knows that's not much of a stretch for me to get a little confused. And I was trying to remember how many weeks I had left for this class. Now, I, counting this one, we have three left. Or if you don't count this one, we have two left. So I was trying to figure out how to end it with the book that I'm doing. And I originally started to do Walking in Unity today. That was my plan. That was where I was getting was headed. But as I prayed about it this week, God says, mm, no. Right? So if you look at the top of your paper, if you have one, it says walking in strength. Now, I know we know this, but I feel like it needs to be said. I'm not the only one in the room that constantly goes, I'm so tired. Right? Or I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? And I think the problem is, a lot of times, and again, I won't pick on anybody but me, I think a lot of times the problem is we're so busy trying to do everything under our own steam, that's why we run out of energy, that's why we run out of strength, that's why we're constantly saying we're tired. Now, life itself can be bad. Life itself can be exhausting. Life itself can just drain the joy out of us, right? Because, well, life interferes with everything. If we were living the life that we were meant to live, if we were living the life in God that we were meant to be a part of from the beginning, we'd, we'd be walking with him every day. That wouldn't be stressful. That wouldn't be exhausting. So we're going to talk a little bit today, and I think it's going to be just a reminder for most and, again, I don't know where you are today. Maybe this was because there's one person in the room today that needs to be reminded where their strength actually comes from. Maybe that's all it is. And then, again, maybe it's just me. Okay? I mean, it just, it amazes me how God works. He will speak to one person to change one life and then use that one life to change a thousand. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's, we, we're going to talk about that a little bit, how much more a part of the plan we really are than sometimes I think we act like we really are, okay? So look at your first scripture on there this morning. It is Ephesians 4, 16. It says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself. For from the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Now, I'll, I'm going to say this, and then I'll move on really quickly on this. I spent a lot of my life feeling like I didn't add a lot to anybody else, that I didn't add a lot to the world that I lived in, right? 
And, this, and I, the majority of that was before I came to know Jesus. But what this scripture says is that from the whole body, what the joint supplies. My part in the plan may supply her part in the plan, which therefore supplies her part in the plan, and therefore supplies her part in the plan. But I have spent most of my life thinking that what I did didn't matter. Therefore, I didn't matter. Okay? You see where I'm going? You see? It, this, it, it's all about understanding who we are. And maybe I should say it this way. It's not as much understanding who we are. Or maybe I should say it's understanding who we belong to. Whose we are. That's the word. I couldn't get it to come out for some reason. Whose we are. And once we know whose we are, then it should change the way we go through our day-to-day life. It should change the way we see everything and everybody. Now, the first sentence there says, we are stronger together than we are alone. My, my worst fear for many, many years is that I would die alone, that nobody would care, that nobody would even know. Right? Now, can you say in the psychological term, abandonment issues? <laughs> yeah, right? Again, I never felt like I was a part of anything, and never that I had nothing to add to anything, right? But we all have a part. God did not create us by accident. I saw this once, and I know I've said it before, and if you've all heard it before, I apologize. But, you know, there is a, a, a place in Scripture where it plainly says that God is love. So what you got to get from that, what God laid on my heart one day, and this changed the way I looked at a lot of things. Kevin, do you understand what that means? Well, yeah, it means you love us. He goes, no. He said, if I am love, then you were created by love. You were created in love. There was no accident. You have a purpose. You have a part. There's something that only you can do. Think about that for just a minute. We act like it, it, I think sometimes in church, it's the pastor's job to bring the word. It's the pastor's job to, to reach the lost, but it's not. It's not just his job. It's ours. We have a part. Anybody ever been standing in line in Walmart, and God goes, you need to pray for that guy in front of you? Who, me? I have. Or suddenly you're, you know, you're in the car. Somebody comes on your mind, you, but you have a part. You know, God is, God is tweaking your mind, tweaking your spirit, however you want to say it, to get you to move as part of his plan. Because when he feeds us, it's our job to feed other people. See, our strength comes from feeding on the word of God. Our strength comes from being a part of the, of the word of God, living in the word of God, walking in the word of God. But it's not our ball that we can just take and go home. Everything we're given, we're given to share. And you'll hear that again probably here in just a minute. Now, I put this in here. I took it straight out, straight out of the book. It says, where we are, what we do may often seem small, but each of us is an essential part of God's plan. Now, the key word there, that's why I highlighted it is essential. Again, I'm just picking on me. I never felt essential. Right? I never felt like maybe I was needed until I actually allowed God into my heart. And then, like I said, a lot of those feelings and a lot of the things I'm sharing with you this morning came pre 
pre-Jesus, right? Because I was searching for something. I was searching for a family where I belonged. I was searching for a family that didn't run off and leave me. I was searching for, to know that for whatever reason, not because of anything, but somebody just loved me because I'm me. And I found out that I had a family, right? I found out that God loved me so much that my brother gave his life for me. I had family. Can you imagine for somebody that had always felt abandoned, and I'm not the only one that's ever felt that way, and I know there'll be some here this morning. Can you imagine what it feels like to understand that you are not alone? that we do not have to fight alone. We don't have to wear ourselves out trying to do it ourselves. The strength comes from him. He will fight in us, through us, and for us, and we walk away blessed and more than we were when we came in. Not because we're that special, but because he loves us that much. We never have to fight alone. We don't have to go through anything alone. And like I said, for that person out there that might feel abandoned or has felt that abandonment in the past, it's our job to take the love, the strength, the mercy, the grace, put it on a silver platter and go, here you go, brother. Let me tell you about your family, right? Our strength to do, to be, to go comes from him. Because I don't know your calling, but your calling may be one individual. And you may say, well, that seems kind of small, but, but, what, but it's essential, right? One person. I remember a story about a traveling minister. Went through this town, wanted to set up. The town said no. But a farmer on the outskirts of town said, man, I, you know, they won't come out here. If you want to set up, you can stay here as long as you want. Just set up in that field. You all got it. It's done. The man was there all week long. He preached his heart out all week long. And one person gave their life to Christ. He went away feeling a little down, right? But as she's already said, and I know you all didn't hear it, that one person that accepted Jesus Christ was Billy Graham. How many millions of lives came to Christ because that one man, that essential preacher, preached for a week. He might have felt like it was nothing. He might have even felt a little wore out at the end because he was giving it his all. But we are essential in the plan of God, and it may just be one person, and that one person may then change the world, right? But if you uh, look at your next scripture there, Acts 20, 25 through 27, Paul's talking, and he says, And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching, the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Talking, he's, he's talking to the Ephesians here even then. It says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Why is he innocent? Because what God gave him, he shared. What God gave him, he put it out there. He left it up to them to make the decision. He knew that he wasn't going to see them again, but he could walk away with his hands clean because he had given everything that God gave him, he had given it away to somebody else. 
He was innocent because he had done what he was supposed to do. He had shared God the best way he could with everything that he had. I don't think Paul was uh, half committed to anything, right? I mean, when he went after the believers, he went after them with everything he got. When he went after God, he went after God with everything that he had. When he went to teaching, he taught with everything he had. I mean, isn't there a story that Paul preached so long that a guy fell out of the window and died, right? You know, somebody would have thought, well, the guy's done. Paul said, nope. Get back up, get back in your window. I got more to say, right? Everything he had, he gave away. Everything he had, he shared with somebody else, right? But he didn't, you know, if you, if you get into the book, like I said, there's a whole lot more information than I can give in the time that we have. But if you get into the book, it talks about there how there are ministers who focus on certain aspects of the ministry. Like there's healing ministries, there's uh, salvation ministries, there's this kind of ministry, and that's all fine and dandy. Please get the people in. You know, please get the people healed. Please get the people saved. That's all fine and dandy. But if we're going to be strong as believers, our teaching must be balanced and comprehensive. It can't be just focused in one area. We have to know it all. We have to get in touch with it all. We have to let God speak to us through his word about everything. And why is that? Well, we know the enemy is a liar, but he's not going to lie to you the same way today that he may lie to you tomorrow. So you've got to be prepared to handle the situation however he comes at you. And if our teaching on the word is balanced and comprehensive, if we're not just lost in a certain thing. Now, i got to say this. That doesn't mean if you want to know all about healing, don't study healing. Please do. Whatever you want to do, dig into it and dig into it with everything you've got. Treat it like a seven-course meal and don't stop eating until you're full. But make sure that, you know, if we're really going to be strong, we need to be strong in all areas as possible. Now, again, our strength comes from him. That's a big help. He's given us his word to show us and to teach us and to help us as much as possibly can. But, you know, I heard a study or a story, however you want to say it, that there's a whole lot more dust on most people's Bibles than there are on the remote control. Right? We'll turn the TV on to find our answers before we will open the Word of God. Right? We will, oh, sorry, Lord. We will put a post on Facebook Asking for opinions before we turn to the Word of God. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't ask your friends for opinions and stuff like that. Of course you do. You're going to ask for counsel from people that you trust. You should, right? But go to the Word first. And if you're balanced and, and your, your knowledge is strong and the Word is in you, then when you face a situation, you're going to be better prepared than whatever answer you're going to get on Facebook. You're going to be better prepared than what your best friend may tell you. I mean, they're going to try to help you as best they can. But the Word is just going to give you the best, period. The best end result, the best way to handle it. You know, because we all love that scripture in there that says, love your enemies, right? Sometimes I wish it wasn't there. Because we have that argument, right? You don't know what they did. 
You don't know what they said. No, but the creator of the universe, God, who is love, says love them, and he'll take care of the rest, right? That's all we have to do. Follow the word, walk into the situation prepared, ready to fight however he tells us to fight. See, I think sometimes we fight before we're ready to, before we're strong enough, before we've ate enough. Um, you can tell by my physique that I am an athlete, <laughs> all right? So I know what I'm talking about, all right? Boxers carb load before they train. Why? So they can have energy. We need to be word loaded before we go into the day so that we're ready to fight whatever situation the world throws at us, all right? We must continually grow in the word of God as the spirit leads us to study the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel. Find the things that interest you, like I said, eat them, study them, do whatever you need to do. But make sure that it's not just one-sided. And I'm going to say this, and because I know our church doesn't do this, right? If we have a salvation ministry, if all our thing is is about getting people in, but we don't disciple them, if we don't train them, if we don't take some of the strength that we have and share it with them, then they're not going to be followers or believers long because the enemy is going to attack everything they just heard, everything they just felt. And we have to give them the strength to be able to fight. We have to give them the strength to be able to stand. So our ministry has to be balanced. It has to be well done. It has to be set up so that we are able to feed those that need to be fed. Only the Spirit knows what we need to learn today that will sustain us tomorrow. Only the Spirit knows what we need to learn today. Now, I know the answer to this, and I'm just going to say it real quick. I know I'm not the only one in the room. Some of you have even talked about this. How many times have you read a scripture over and over again? You know you've read it over and over again, but you pick it up, and today it goes, eh, it's like somebody turned a light on. It's like all of a sudden it's just, it's brighter, and all the words make sense, and you get it. Because you needed to learn something from that. You needed to have something that is in your spirit that cannot be taken away so that when the battle comes, that's going to pop into your mind. It's going to pop out of your mouth, and the enemy is going to be running scared. See, that's why he doesn't want us balanced. I, I sometimes think that the, the enemy doesn't care if we study the Bible as long as we're so focused on everything else and we're not worried about fighting him, all right? Like I said, it can't, be, it can't be off kilter because he knows the word. He'll even try to twist the word, didn't he? Isn't that what he did with Jesus? He took the word and twisted it just a little, trying to make sure that he felt. And ladies and gentlemen, if we don't know the word, he'll do the same thing to us. He'll try to twist us and get us thinking wrong. What is it Joyce Myers calls it? Stinking thinking? Because if we start thinking wrong, then we're going to start believing wrong. And once we start believing wrong, we're going to start speaking wrong. So we have to have that word fed to us correctly so that it strengthens us properly so that we can stand. And I keep saying we, but it's just like this. If my brother Brent over here needs something, I need to be able to stand alongside him and give him strength that he may not have. 
I need to be able to do that for him. I may need to, you may need to do that for me. I mean, we all have bad days, right? We always get a little wound up and stuff. But isn't it great that you know some people that you can call, right? Y'all know some people in this church. I do. If I got a prayer request, I got some people on speed dial, right? Because I know that God listens to them when they pray. They are prayer warriors. They are intercessors. And that strengthens me because I know, guess what? What did I say a little while ago? I'm not fighting alone, right? To know that we're standing beside each other, to know that we are standing up with each other gives us strength that we can't get without him and without them. And, well, I'll just say it this way too. Give it all away because he'll fill you back up in about three seconds. Give everything he's given you away, and he will fill it back up because he's not going to let you be limited when he needs you to do it again. Simple, right? Acts 20, 28 and 29, uh, 20 verses 28 and 29. says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Again, he knows he's not going to be seeing them. He knows that people are going to be coming in and saying things, well, how do you know he was right? How do you know that what he said was true? They're going to be trying to stir up trouble from outside the church and probably within, right? But, you know, the scripture in there talks about being made overseers of the church. That's usually roughly translated as minister or pastor. And you may not think of yourself as an overseer of the church. But if you look at that original scripture, we are a part of the same body. It is my job to be my brother's keeper. It is my job to stand next to you in battle. It is my job to stand next to you at the hospital bed. Whether I'm there physically or whether I'm there in prayer, it is my job to be an overseer of the church. Now, again, we may only be overseeing one person, but we may be overseeing that one person that's going to change thousands or millions or billions. I don't know. But troubles are going to come. Don't we wish they wouldn't? Right? You know, Jesus said that adversity would come. Why, Lord, why? You know, we want the blessing, but we won't face the, we don't want to face the adversity. I don't blame you. I don't either. But I'll tell you one thing. Adversity will sharpen the blade of who you are. Adversity will knock off those rough edges and help you become the man or woman of God that he intended you to be, and it may be simply because we don't pay attention any other way. Because if all we got would be were blessings, we'd be jumping around going, oh, look at me, I'm so great, everything's so much fun. We need to go to God when we're having great days. We need to be praising him and thanking him for the blessings that he has. We need to be going to him when we're having bad days. We need to be brothers and sisters in Christ for somebody else when they don't have the strength to pray for themselves. I had somebody just the other day going, I can't take it anymore. I don't feel like my prayers are getting past my head. 
I don't feel like God's listening to me. I feel, I feel, I feel. So mad, so angry, so upset with everything that was going on. He just couldn't get past the feelings, right? But when we, operative word there, we, started to pray, everything changed. Why? Because he got strength that he didn't have. He didn't have the ability in that moment to do it himself, but God put somebody else in his face that was willing to do it with him and lift him up and give him strength. That's why I love this altar. I love it when people come up and all these people out of the congregation come forward and they start laying hands and they start praying. And if they can't get up, you can see them in the back with their hands outstretched. Spiritually, they're standing right there, lifting somebody up who in that moment can't do it on their own. That's where our strength comes from. It comes from him. It flows through us, and we need each other. We need each other. When the wolves come, come on, I'm going to say it funny just because I feel like I need to lighten the mood. When the wolves come at us, I want people standing with me that's going to bark back. I want people standing next to me that's going to look that wolf in the eye and just howl and say, not today. Right? Not today. Not today. The simple truth, I wrote it here, it says adversity will come. But we will be ready. When we study the word, when we listen to the word, when we grow in the word, we will be ready. But we must be so rooted and grounded in the truth that no matter what, we can stand. No matter what. Well, what's one truth we need? God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're not fighting any battle alone. You're not walking into any situation where he hasn't walked out onto the battlefield first. Those footprints that you're stepping on are his. That place that you're walking, he's already taken. Come on. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. Our strength to stand flows from him. Remember I said it last week, whether you got uh, uh, your own child or whether it's a grandchild or whether it's a niece, a nephew, whatever. If you're walking through someplace and they start to stumble, they reach up and grab your hand. Why? Because your strength helps them to stand. That's what he does. All we have to do is take his hand. All we have to do is walk with him. See, that's why when we get ahead of God, <laughs> we stumble. That's why when we get behind God, we stumble. Because he's kind of out of reach. Even though he's not, that's kind of the way it feels. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you think about it, when Jesus was walking on water and Peter said, is that you, Lord? He said, yes. He said, well, just tell me to come. Well, come on. But what did Peter do? He got out, he started walking on the water. Then he saw all the stuff going on around him. And he started to sink. And I missed it for a long time, y'all. I missed it for a long time. It said that Jesus immediately reached out and took his hand. Means that he was right there the whole time. All he had to do was take his hand. Right? All we have to do is get our strength from him. Excuse me. Oh, I'm doing better than I thought. 
All right. Acts 20, 33 and 35. It says, I have coveted no one silver or gold or apparel. What's Paul saying? I didn't share the word for money. I didn't do it to become rich. Right? Yes, you know yourselves. You yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. Let me say that again. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I'm going to go ahead and read the other sentence before I say anything else. For the church to be strong, we'll need to share what we've been given. Paul said, I don't do this for money. Paul said, I didn't do this to become famous. Paul said, I did this so that you would have the entire word of God, so that you would have the ability to know. Not only that, I took care of myself. I took care of those with me. Support the weak. Well, who's weak? It could be any one of us on any given day. It could be any one of us on any given day, and we're going to need the support of others. We know that we have the support of God. Sometimes we get so involved in the issue that we forget, or we get lost in the issue. That's when he'll put somebody else in your face. What's going on? How are you feeling? You doing all right? And if we tell them the truth, guess what they do? They start giving us what God has given them. They start sharing their strength. They start sharing their peace, their sense of humor, whatever it is to get through to you and get you to understand that you're not fighting this battle alone. You're not walking this walk alone. You're not going through it by any stretch of the imagination by yourself. You won't even end up at the end destination by yourself because he's going to be there with the door open wide going, come look, come see. Ready. But what we get, we've got to share, right? We've got, we've got to take it out and lay it on somebody. We have to give it to somebody. If you look them in the eye, you'll see sometimes. Y'all have done it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You go up to somebody, well, how are you doing? I'm fine, right? I really dislike that word. I'm fine, their own face don't believe that they're fine, right? And I think I've told you all my definition for fine before. It's freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional, right? Because really, when we tell people we're fine, we ain't. We're, we're, we're kind of like a duck, right? On top, we look fine and peaceful and calm, but underneath, man, we're paddling like a dickens, right? Just trying to stay afloat, So we have to take what we have. We have to let God lead us. We have to let the Spirit lead us. That's why I always use that example. Have you ever heard God say, pray for somebody at Walmart? Or have you ever heard somebody say, God, go pray for that person in the next aisle? But we got to get up and go. Why? Because we have to share what he's given us. Because he wouldn't be telling you to go pray for him if they didn't need what you had. I know, seems overly simple to me. I'm still the guy when we first started coming here and God started going, hey, Kevin, you need to go pray for him. I'm like, are you got the right guy? Are you sure you're talking to me? Right? I'll never forget one Sunday night. He said, I want you to go up to this person and I want you to tell them this statement. 
and the statement didn't make sense to me. So I put it off, and I started arguing with God just a little, right? And so I finally did it. I walked up. I said, God wanted me to tell you that it's not really a gift if you don't open it. And they started blubbering. And I'm like, didn't have to make sense to me, right? God put that in me to share with them so that they would know that he was paying attention. Pretty simple. I got to go where we're going to be. I'm running. I talk too much already. The word strengthens us and helps us to strengthen others. Simple. Some days I'll need help to be strong. Some days you'll need help, and we just need to be there. Acts 20, 32, and so now, brethren, I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who were sanctified. Ladies and gentlemen, we are set apart for his use, and we have an inheritance to obtain. We are not meant to just live. We are meant to live. We are meant to walk through this world differently than we do sometimes. We are meant to rise up and march forward and take back everything the devil has stolen. Come on. Now we're going to take back everything that he has stolen. We were never intended by God to be recipients of salvation alone. Not that salvation isn't amazing. We know it is, but we're not meant to sit back and just count our blessings. We're meant to rise up and take hold of what God has already purchased by the blood of his son. Already purchased. We just need to rise up and take it. It's already ours. Ephesians 6, 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is time we say to the devil, you can't have my rest and peace because God begives his beloved sleep. You'll see the scripture reference in there. You can't have my healing and my health because by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. You can't have my mind and my imagination because I cast down every imagination and thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you can't have my family because God has given me authority over you. You don't have the ability to take my family. You don't have the ability to take my peace. You don't have the ability to hold on to all those things that God paid for. And I'm going to stand up. I'm going to step out. And I'm going to take it back today. See, that's the thing. Our defensive and offensive weapon is the same. It's the word of God. It defends us, but it also allows us to fight. It empowers us. It strengthens us. We have the authority, the power, and the ability to expel the enemy from our land. Well, where is our land, Brother Kevin? It's just like Joshua. It's wherever you put your feet, wherever you stand. That is your land. Wherever you walk, that belongs to God because he gave it, and it's his, and he says you can use it, so it's yours. We are called to walk in strength. When? Today. Now. All we have to do is trust that God is God and that God does what he says he'll do. And then we walk in his strength. 
That's it. And we are who he says we are. Let's pray. Father God, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're stupendous. And Father God, today we thank you for your strength. The strength to walk when we just want to sit down. The strength to talk when we're afraid to. And Father God, I thank you for the fact that we do have the ability because of your love for us, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We have the authority and the ability to take back everything that the enemy has stolen. So Father, today we declare our walk. We're going to walk with you. We're going to walk in you. We're going to walk for you. And Father, everywhere we put our feet, we take back in Jesus' name. Father, bless each and every person in this room. Help us, Lord, to take your strength and share it with others when they need it. And Father, help us to get out of our own heads long enough to accept strength from somebody else when we need it. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.